This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Max from Arkells was at the Super Bowl yesterday, Jim. Really? Did you see the picture he posted on Arkells' social media? I was super jelly. No, no, I didn't see it. Uh, it's Max with McGruber. What? Him and Will Forte. I don't know if he was sitting next to him or he just bumped into him at the game and asked for a picture or if the two of them are pals now, but... You know that uh, that uh, I am a MacGruber fanatic, a mm-hmm. freak. When I saw that pick, I was like, "Wow, Max, you did it! <laughs> You've made it! <laughs> You've made One it!" One step closer to performing at SNL. Yeah, wouldn't that be great mm-hmm. if he got in there with Lauren Michaels? Sure, got, get him on the horn, Groobs. <laughs> <laughs> Forte and and Max Markels at the Super Bowl. Uh, you you know the the boys are big CFL fans as well, right? Of course, Ticats fans. I wonder how they feel about uh, Brandon Banks, Ticats legend. Got Speedy released. Banks? Speedy Banks just uh, signed with the Argos, bud. Mm. Yeah, so there's a little drama for next season. Yeah, wow. He was a proud Hamiltonian player for for years, a fan favorite. Another connection to the CFL yesterday, Ryan Reynolds and Will Farrell were both at the Super Bowl together. And if you squint, it looks like Will Farrell is decked out in Cincinnati Bengals gear, but he came in a BC Lions jersey and toque. Oh, I didn't even look that closely. I saw an orange jersey on him. He kept asking Ryan, why there's a fourth down? <laughs> what a uh, bit. Fun. <laughs> well, he, he was committed. He was committed <laughs> to the bit all game. Why is there a fourth down again? <laughs> Congratulations again to the Los Angeles Rams for winning the Super Bowl yesterday. Just looking at a couple things online here. There's video. Looks like it's from the booth. Like maybe the the TV booth or something. It's a monitor and one of the cameras is catching Snoop Dogg kind of crouched down on the sidelines trying to sneakily smoke a joint before the halftime performance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're Snoop. Yeah. What does that... Could you bet on that? I think you could. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it counts if it never made it to the actual uh, broadcast. Imagine if a, if a security guard or a police officer arrested Snoop for smoking weed before the halftime show. <laughs> I also found this, Jim, on Facebook Marketplace. Someone is selling an inversion table for 200 bucks. So if you want to know what it feels like to be 50 cent, <laughs> there you go. Sounds like he should have been, uh, or looks like he should have been spending a little more time on the inversion table for a few months leading up to the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, give the guy a break. Just saying. Did he look that big? I, I didn't recognize him. when he, Well, I recognized him being upside down, but I was like, whoo. Fifty. Still, I mean, he's fifty now, so like fifty years old. I'm assuming sometime somewhere around there. So yeah, he's doing better than most. Yeah, I don't know if I if I hung out upside down like that for thirty seconds, I'd probably be out cold. That's without singing or rapping. <laughs> singing is pretty generous. <laughs> what else we got here? Oh, the betting. Uh, Drake made some big bets. He hit on some of them. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham Jr. scoring a touchdown. Mm. The Rams winning. So he made back uh, over a million dollars U.S. with his bets. And then there's that Mattress Mac guy we keep talking about. Uh, World Series, Super Bowl. This guy, he loves to gamble. But it's a bit of a... I'm not going to say a scam. It's it's brilliant. He, uh, he lives uh, down in the U.S. and he has a furniture store. 
And what he does is he bets on one team to win. So he bet on the Bengals to win. He lost $9.6 million is what he bet on the Bengals to win. But here's the thing. He says if his team wins, he refunds every sale that happens before kickoff. So people are spending $3,000 on furniture, and if uh, he ends up winning his bet, he refunds their money. So he sold $20 million worth of furniture before the game started. Huh. So do the math. $20 million, he bet $9.6 million. Mattress Mac is a pretty smart guy. Huh. I don't think he lost any sleep after losing last night. Yeah, and it would actually incentivize him to take the long shot. Right, because if which take, he seems to always do. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're taking the where the money is, then you're you have to pay back. You know, so you don't really win. So you would go for the long shot, make more money in the long run, and not have to pay everybody back. No refunds. Brilliant. I wonder if he sells inversion tables. <laughs> I'm looking for one. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know, uh, months ago when this thing was released on Netflix, a documentary called Untold Crime and Penalties. I was all over it. Love this this story, a hockey story that is so crazy. It's hard to believe it's true, but it is. All about the Danbury Trashers in Danbury, Connecticut. A gentleman by the name of Jimmy Galante bought his 17-year-old son his own hockey team. I'm the president of the Danbury Trashers and I'm 17 years old. <laughs> this was the largest investigation I've ever been a part of. Jimmy was the real Tony Soprano. We were the bad boys of hockey. A freak mix of pro wrestling and the mighty ducks. Former 17-year-old president and GM of the team AJ Galante joins us. AJ, how are you? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. We're uh, we're excited to talk to you. And I got to be honest, I, I mentioned I, I was a big fan of the documentary. But when I saw the little teaser, you know, they give you a little taste of what it's all about at the start. I was sure. like, oh, this, this guy, this kid looks like a jerk. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to like him. <laughs> and that's and that's good. That was that was the whole point. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> but then I watched the thing, and what I loved was the relationship between you and your dad, Jimmy. And you know, he wasn't trying to buy your your love. He w- he bought you this hockey team out of love to show you how much he cared about you because he knew what an important part of your life hockey had become. Oh yeah, I mean, um, as I get older, I I, I kind of look back and think and really see how outrageous the whole situation was. But um, you know, my my dad. Um, some people may look at it as as being spoiled, but but trust me, it was um, there was a method to his madness, and uh, you know, sometimes you got to get dropped right in the deep end there and see if you can make it out. Oh, you did that first press conference. How you look so nervous! <laughs> it was like your first big day as the GM and president of the Danbury Trashers. You're 17 years old. You're running the show. That must have been a big moment for you. Definitely nerve wracking. I mean, like you said, I'm 17, and you know it's funny. You know the the doc doesn't say it, but I had just completed one of my knee surgeries um, that year. And I was so hopped up on medication that I, that that also kind of threw me in for a loop. It, w- it was kind of like I had recently had a surgery and I had all these, you know, post-op medicines and stuff I had to take. And then it's like, oh, you got to get up and talk now. And uh, I was I was a little out of it. And uh, 
thankfully I was able to string along a, a few paragraphs there and, and, and we got the job done. <laughs> For those who haven't seen the documentary, I guess it's important to also mention that your dad ended up going to prison. Is it really true that your dad, Jim Galante, was the inspiration for the character Tony Soprano in The Sopranos? Allegedly. I, I don't know about it. You know, that, that's all, that's all uh, alleged media stuff. I mean, uh, it's, it's something the media's kind of run with, but uh, no, I, I just know him as dad. I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> he was arrested by the FBI. There was a big raid that basically ended any momentum that the hockey team, the Trashers, had in Danbury. Were you guys nervous to do this documentary, talking about your dad's arrest and opening all that stuff back up again to the public? Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, when when Netflix approached us, uh, it was, believe it or not, it was November of 2018 when they originally approached us about this. And um, one of the producers was, you know, just pestering me, calling me nonstop. And to be honest with you, um, you know, when, when I found out what they were looking to do, you know, both my father and I were kind of on the fence about doing it. But you know what you know what it is, man. Is it, you know we're living in 2022 now, and, and we're in this 21st century. Listen, all someone has to do is Google a name, and everything comes up anyway. You know what I mean? So it yeah. was one of those situations where we're like, you know what? In a way, we were able to you know tell certain sides of our story. What, what about the legacy of hockey in Danbury? I mean, the release of this documentary must have really pumped up interest, not just in your community, but around the world in the team. What does the Danbury Trashers future look like now, AJ? Oh, it's, it's unreal. I mean, um, there's been a few teams that came after us in, in various professional leagues here in, here in uh, you know, America. And Currently, there's a federal hockey league, you know, pro team here, the Danbury Hattricks. I think they're doing a, a great job. And, uh, you know, we have a great fan base. You know, we, we definitely, um, Trashers definitely laid a foundation here, kind of created a market here in, in Danbury. Hockey has grown leaps and bounds. I mean, when I grew up, I was born in 1986. So when I started getting into hockey in the early 90s, Danbury didn't even have an ice arena. You know, the ice arena was built here in the early 2000s. I played uh, my last two or three years of high school hockey there. Then it went right to the Trashers. But I mean, now, I mean, that, that, uh, that arena's uh, rocking every day. There's different leagues, different, you know, youth teams, and uh, it's really great to see. Tell us about Hockey Fest. How did you get involved with our friends from Jones Entertainment? A lot of things come full circle, dealing with a lot of old hockey buddies now, and um, had the uh, privilege of meeting Brad Jones um, from Hockey Fest out at the Chicklets Cup in Las Vegas last week. And, you know, we, we've been discussing, obviously, doing something in Danbury. And uh, that whole Operation Hockey Fest is uh, just absolutely insane. Yeah, well, we're excited to announce Hockey Fest is coming to London, Ontario. It's going to be at the Western Fair. There is going to be 20 real rinks set up. 200 teams are able to enter the Hockey Fest tournament. And you will have the opportunity to party with Danbury Trashers alumni Brad Wingfield. Yes. Who, I don't know if I want to party with him. He seems like a <laughs> maniac. <laughs> Uh, Ruman Ender, the Nigerian nightmare, will be there. And AJ Galante, you're coming to London, Ontario. You know, I've never, I'm 35, I've never been to Canada. So this will likely be my first time out there. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and, and truthfully, 
you know, when I saw when I saw these rinks last week in Las Vegas at the Chicklets Cup, they're, they're unbelievable. I mean, um, it's hard to describe. I mean, you could go on websites and, and look at, you know, these rinks and, you know, the, these tournaments. But this Hockey Fest thing is um, it's, it's unreal. It's going to be I can't imagine. It, this sounds like it's going to be three times bigger than the one in Vegas. So. I can't imagine how much fun it really is really is going to be. Yeah, it's going to sell out. So get your team together. Go to HockeyFestGameOn.com and get in there while you can. Also, make sure you get your after-party Danbury Trashers after-party tickets because only open to uh, those who go into the tournament, and there are a limited number of those as well. AJ Galante, look forward to meeting you in person when you come here to London. Uh, Hockey oh, Fest, absolutely. Hockey Fest is going on May 13th to 15th at the Western Fair District featuring your Danbury Trashers. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hearing that stuff again is crazy. Taz and Jim, Devin Peacock, I guess he's the smart one of the bunch. Our sports guy decided to take the day after Super Bowl off. He won't be the only one wishing that he didn't have to work today, I'm sure, out there. Already, Jim, I've noticed our, our trips to the bathroom individually are up on average from this time last week. Yep, yep. I took two tums this morning, <laughs> you know, getting ahead of it. What did you eat? What were you eating Just during the game last night? Just ordered some pizza and wings in, drank some Pepsi. Mm. Didn't really have any booze. Did you drink the Pepsi to support the halftime show? Uh, you know, those things are expensive to pay for, right? Yeah, yeah. They tried to send Coke. I said, nuh-uh, this is for Dre. It's a Dre <laughs> day up in here. I brought some pizza back from Detroit. Detroit style. <laughs> Made what? the drive? Yeah, I put it in the trunk. It was amazing. <laughs> Threw it in the oven, warmed it up. Have you had the Detroit style pizza? No, I never heard of it. Oh, it's so good. Comes with a couple bullets on it. <laughs> Square... Like uh, melted cheese crust around the side. It's so good. You got to try it. Anyways, let's talk about some of the interesting facts from the Super Bowl yesterday. The Rams won. That's interesting. They uh, became the second home team to ever win the Super Bowl. And it happened for the first time last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How is that possible? How is that a real stat? It's wild, eh? How nice does that stadium look? It's insane. Looks good. It looks good. But it's also like, it's just, sometimes you see how much it costs, you go, it's too much. You know? It's like, you think it's too it's nice. Too nice. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen other pictures of other places in LA, and I'm like, maybe the money was better spent elsewhere. Yeah, I was kind of like, I get anxiety when things are too nice. Yeah, like you feel like you're going to break it? Yeah, I, I start thinking about, oh my God, imagine having to clean this place. <laughs> can't spill a beer at SoFi. You know, it it just does look brand new and super slick. The the roof of the thing is a TV. Yeah, there's a lot going on. As my dad would say, just another thing to break. (laughs) Do you really need a TV on the roof of the stadium? (laughs) It's just another thing to break. One seagull with a bad day ruined everything. First time yesterday, two quarterbacks with losing regular season records met in the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford came out on top over Joe Burrow, who looked pretty comfortable out there, man, until that uh, that wild drive where uh, the Rams were able to score to to get the uh, the lead. Cincinnati's defense was playing fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they couldn't. Uh, the Rams couldn't get any runs going, so 
they had to go to the air in that final drive, and Matt Stafford did make it happen. Rams coach Sean McVay got doused with blue, yeah, blue liquid. If you made a bet on what kind of sports drink is going to be dumped over his head, you got to think I would have gone blue if the Rams won, orange if the Bengals won. That's a strategy. I never really thought about it that deeply, but that that is you have to think about which team you think is going to win, and then pick their base jersey color for the Gatorade moving forward. He's the youngest coach ever to win a Super Bowl, thirty-six years old. What have you done lately? I drank blue Gatorade. <laughs> and you're almost you're not even 36, Jim. Yeah, I'm 34. I still got time. You still got two Don't, years to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Don't nap <laughs> on me yet, folks. And this is a cool story. The wife of Rams receiver Van Jefferson went into labor during the Super Bowl. She was at the game watching her husband play, started having contractions, had to be taken out on a stretcher. Van rushed to the hospital after the game. So he got a Super Bowl ring and a baby boy. Congratulations hmm. to the happy couple. That's, That's pretty awesome. cool. Wife always has to steal your thunder, eh, Van? <laughs> 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 and this is cool. Ram safety Taylor Rapp proposed to his girlfriend after the game. She turned him down. Shot your man. No, she said yes. Oh, man. I bet you if they didn't win, she would have said no. He got a ring and gave one away. So congratulations to Taylor Rapp. I wonder if he still would have proposed if they had lost. You can't. I'll wait till next time. Yeah. The Monday after Super Bowl. Did you watch the big game last night? I did. For the first time, I watched the game with my family, Jim. Wow. Yeah, I didn't leave either. I stayed home too. Stayed home. I I watched with my two-year-old daughter, uh, my five-year-old son, and my wife. And it's different. Did you did you ice your son with a Smirnoff though? Still still playing the old jokes. <laughs> Is that a Super Bowl tradition? Yeah, Smirnoff icing people? Of course. What? Yeah, you know, spicy wings at halftime, you know, all the staples. No, my son did not have any Smirnoff ice yesterday. Mm. And I look forward to that momentous day though. <laughs> it's gonna be something special. <laughs> it's annoying to watch with your family. Oh yeah, with the, with the young kids. Him? talking, yelling, screaming, and I kept saying, guys, quiet down. My wife's like, the game hasn't even started yet. I'm like, yes, I know, but this is all part of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that much about these two teams, and I need to figure out who the wide receivers are before I watch the game. In the national anthem, they Mm -hmm. have, like, the amp-up thing with Halle Berry, where she's talking about Hollywood and uh, football. I didn't think it was great, but I want to watch it. Yeah, so I can judge it later. (laughs) Exactly, so I can crap on it. (laughs) Speaking of crapping on things, any commercials stand out to you? Nothing really wowed me with the Super Bowl commercials last night. Yeah, certainly a lot of celebs in there, but I didn't, I didn't LOL like I did. Right. There was like a 10-year period, like the glory days of hilarious Bud Light commercials and other beer companies trying to keep up to Bud Light, doing like absolutely outstanding commercials. But I didn't see one last night that really... The Budweiser I commercial I saw was it the horse that got injured. The horse and the dog were friends. Did you see that one? I don't it was know. more of a heartstrings tugger than a funny bone. Yeah, hitter. You're right though. Like every every A-list celebrity was in a commercial, and it used to be like you'd see one or two of these A-listers do a commercial. But if every commercial has uh, an actor or a star in it. 
really loses impact. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a star would come out of retirement because this 30-second script was just so tight and so good. They'd be like, okay, I'll obviously the money's there, but it's so funny, I will do it. But the Austin Powers one was a little weak. Schwarzenegger the, did one with Selma Hayek. Yeah, I mean, not funny. Jim Carrey, the cable guy, he was oh. in character, but... Super disappointing, the cable guy. No, thanks. I don't need cable. I have Verizon 5G internet. Never heard of it. 5G ultra wideband? It's way blah, blah, better. Blah, 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 blah. No jokes. Just Kim, yeah. Jim Carrey standing there listening to a lady talk about 5G internet. Yeah, he was the cable guy, but it was like he was on one of those late night shopping shows where he's like, tell me more. <laughs> no, no, it's br- and I will say, I think I saw Peyton Manning's face more than I saw Joe Burrow's. I swear to God, if you calculated how much time each were on screen, Peyton Manning was probably made more appearances in the Super Bowl than the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback. He was in every second spot. It was crazy. That forehead, you can't miss (laughs) it, right? Yeah, like he'd be in like one commercial, but he was was a star in every third commercial, I would say. Well, you probably are counting the Eli Manning commercials as well. (laughs) There was an Eli Manning Frank's Red Hot Sauce commercial. That wasn't too bad, actually. True. There was one where they were both in the same commercial. The whole family. The whole Manning family. Oh, yeah, the dad came down. Yeah. Yeah. L.A. Rams winning the Super Bowl yesterday, although some saying the real winners were the halftime performers. It's the one and only D.R.E. Now let me yeah. clean version. This is the CD I should have had in my car back in the day because then I could have sung along and not worried about people hearing me at a traffic light, right? <laughs> Boy, and they had a lot of sense. <laughs> Self-censorship, I guess we'd call that it. That was one of my most impressed, the things I was most impressed by was like everyone's so used to singing the the F words and the, all the other words in those songs. Like they're good at making you forget that they're supposed to be Profanity laced. The whole, every other word is the MF or whatever. And so I'd be like, it's Dr. Dre, other fellas. Like, <laughs> like filled in like a couple things here and there. No question. Everyone nailed it. 50 Cent hanging upside down, singing in the club. Boy, oh boy. I hadn't seen him in a couple years and, uh, whew. They must have had to reinforce those rafters. I don't know. He's oh, looking a little on. bigger. I, I was like, whoa. I mean, he still could kick my ass any day of the week, so I'm not hard. But, boy, he looks a little different. He's, in, he's at least 75 cents now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I always love I love thinking about performers who have been hiding in a box for a while. Like when Eminem made his appearance, he like sure. burst out of that box. Even Kendrick Lamar was in a box, too. Right. But they, he was just in there. You know, like that whole time leading up to it, he's just sitting in that box waiting for that thing to explode. Was 50 Cent hanging upside down the whole time? I would have passed out. (laughs) It took like six minutes for his part. Maybe he hasn't gained weight. It was just all the blood rushing (laughs) to his head. It's just swollen. (laughs) Yeah. You like the halftime show though? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. Like it, it was, was fun, fun seeing everybody. I like the stage setup. Like it was the first time I've seen something like that. Like yeah. the multi-tiered, like cut through the house or whatever you want to call it. It made it look like a like a South Central neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it, it was cool, but I did feel bad for the people on the other side of the stadium 
because the houses were completely enclosed on one side. True. And the other side, they were open. So if you're on the good side, you got to see everything. If you're on the back side, the performers weren't even looking at you the whole time. Yeah, that was for the at-home audience for sure. Maybe if it was on a giant moving platform that was rotating the whole time, but yeah. uh, I guess they were just watching it on the Jumbotron on the other side of the stadium. That was good. I can, I can remember living with uh, my buddy Mullen when we were young. And we'd listen to Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, and we'd laugh to ourselves. We'd be like, one day, these songs are going to be oldies. Like yeah, people in the old <laughs> yeah. folks' homes. The old folks' homes, sitting on the front porch. Grandpa's going to be sitting rocking in the rocking <laughs> chair. <laughs> and we're getting closer to that. <laughs> Think about it. Joe Burrow, the quarterback for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, was not born when Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style album was released. Mm. Or The Chronic by Dr. Dre. Just mm. to put it in perspective for everybody. Oh, man, this is sad. Another celebrity death. Ivan Reitman has passed away. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest. I thought he was already passed. I thought this new Ghostbusters movie, the way they were talking like it was a love letter to Ivan Reitman, I thought, I thought he had already gone. No, I, you're probably thinking Harold Ramis. That must be it, yeah. Egon Spangler. Harold mm-hmm. Ramis also uh, did some directing uh, as well as acting. But Ivan Reitman was the original uh, director for Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. He did Stripes, uh, Twins. Mm. What's the one where Arnold's pregnant? Junior. Junior. He did Junior. He did some, Ahead of its time, really. He did some great movies, man. You know, some of these, you go, if you went to the, the Blockbuster video back in the day, you saw a lot of Ivan Reitman films on the shelves. Some good stuff. But he did work with his son, Jason, uh, to uh, promote and to, to help with the latest Ghostbusters film. His son, Jason Reitman, directed that movie. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool that they got that in before mm-hmm. before dad passed on. But 75 years old, unexpectedly passed away peacefully in his sleep, is what the family has said. Ivan Reitman has passed away. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hey, should we be concerned about this? What? Truck carrying more than 2,000 firearms stolen in Peterborough. Yes, kind of a big deal. That's a lot of firearms. It's a lot of firearms to leave unguarded. Uh Uh-huh. News release issued Sunday afternoon by Peterborough Police says they were called around 7.30 a.m. on Sunday to a trucking company uh, in Peterborough. A truck hauling more than 2,000 firearms was taken from the yard at some point on the weekend. Sketchy. And I've read like four articles about it. I can't figure out who the truck belonged to, why there was a truck with 2,000 long guns on it. I don't know. The thieves, did they know they were stealing guns or this did they think they were stealing maple syrup or something? I don't no, know. I don't know. This reminds <laughs> me of, every time I watch, I only know this from movies, but there's always a guy who has the plane manifest or whatever. He knows who's on the plane or what's in the trucks or whatever. So that's the guy you go to, pay him a little money. He lets you know what's coming in and out. That's my speculation. Who knows? Who knows? Police haven't said anything about suspects. They say other law enforcement agencies have been notified about the gun truck. That is somewhere. Uh, I do like how it's like they're downplaying it here with the release. Officers attended the scene and canvassed the area. 
It's believed there was no ammunition in the truck. <laughs> so I guess there's no ammunition in there. Two thousand guns. You think you put no a tra- bullets? You think you put a tracker in the trailer? We keep talking about these Apple Air or iPod, whatever these tracker things you can buy from Apple, and you can put on an app and you can follow whatever. Where you lose your keys, lose your car. Yeah. There should be seventy of these <laughs> hidden strategically throughout the two thousand gun truck. Uh, like, come on, people. Also, there's no ammunition. Jim, relax. <laughs> And the police believe it's an isolated incident, so they don't think any. They don't think any more trucks full of two thousand guns are going to get stolen anytime soon. Oh my! At least not God. on their watch. All right. If you do have any information, you can call Crime Stoppers anonymously. Uh, looking for the gun truck that was stolen in Peterborough. Yeah, Valentine's Day today. Once again, we are giving away a divorce with Taz and Jim's Win a Divorce Contest. Valentine's Day. It's about time I divorced you. We got to give a huge shout out to our friends at City Center Storage for getting on board with Win a Divorce. They have provided a, uh, a storage unit for our lucky winner, so they'll have somewhere to put their stuff as they plan their next steps. They are fantastic, City Center Storage. You got to check them out if uh, you have those needs. Also, Millar's Law. We've got our friend Philip Millar joining us. How are you? Good morning, sir. Fabulous. Thank you. Is it always a big day? You excited to give away a divorce here? I'm excited to participate in something that makes conflict less harmful in our, especially our societies arguing with each other about everything. And, you know, it's, it's nice to make it okay to... Uh, to disagree. Yeah, you, we were talking with you a couple weeks ago, and you mentioned that you've got uh, you've got a, a book that you've written for people going through divorce, an online book that will help them save money on lawyers' fees, which seems counterproductive. Tell us about that again, Philip. It's an ebook we wrote just to help people uh, figure out what they need to do if they're thinking about separating. And, and the, the kind of the mantra that the family law department at our firm now is adopting is. Uh, don't get angry. You know, that's the number one thing. Don't get angry. Get even. But anger serves as a tool for some people in the system to get more money out of you, and it hurts the children. No yeah. matter what happened, we have a no-fault divorce system. Anger is your enemy. So don't get angry. And, you know, and forgive each other and, and move on. That's what we're trying to, you know, it seems counterintuitive to try to not make money off the divorce, but for the most part. Yeah, if you've got an angry couple, the only person who's going to win in that situation is the lawyer. Oh, no, I've seen them chink glasses after the clients leave in court, oh. right? They're just, you know, they're, just, they're pretending to hate each other, the two lawyers. Right? It's like politics. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they know they're making out like leave. bandits because yeah. the people are just going at each other. Yeah, and, they're, and when you're upset, like you're vulnerable, you need somebody who's going to take care of you and tell you, hey, let's, let's be calm and let's get through this. Where do people find the ebook if they want to take a look at it? I think they got to go com. It's in the resources section somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I've, written I've written a bunch of these books. I don't know. You can just, you can, I, I found you can just type ebook Millar's Law Divorce in Google. It'll pop up for you. Oh, good. Wow. Okay, boys. Wow, you, the internet. Well, <laughs> let's do this then. This is, a, this is a big day. Let's see if we can get in touch with our winner. Her name is Rachel. And she's from Hamilton. Let's give her a call. Hello? Hi, is Rachel there? That is me. 
Rachel, happy Valentine's Day. Well, thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to you. It's Taz and Jim calling. How are you? We're very good. Thank you for listening to our radio show, first of all. Oh, no problem. Second of all, today's not a great day for you. You're not a big fan of Valentine's Day anymore, right? I am not, no. No, why is that? Uh, because I got married on Valentine's Day and my marriage failed. <laughs> oh, boy. So every year it's a reminder. It is, yeah. Would winning a free divorce help you out? <laughs> it would, yeah. Well, congratulations, Rachel. You're getting divorced. Hey! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's I know what it is. Hey, my mom was a single mom. I, she went back to school. You're working hard. You're doing what you got to do for your kids. Paying for that divorce is not on the top of the priority list. That's why we're going to take care of it with our friends from Millar's Law. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. So now, moving forward, when you think of Valentine's Day, what are you going to think of? <laughs> this moment right here. Taz and Jim. That's right. You guys. <laughs> Okay, well, enjoy the day. I hope we put a smile on your face, and we wish you the best with your new start. Okay, Rachel? Perfect. Thank you. No problem. I think that's a pretty good way to start a week off, huh, fellas? <laughs> I'd say. It's Valentine's Day. It's about time I divorced you. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.